Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. First off, you like this content that is coming your way. Hit that subscribe button. It means a ton. It means a lot. It helps me grow the channel uh, so much. Um, go give me a like, a comment, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification, get all of the bell notifications for this channel once they come out. And if you're also, folks, if you're listening to this on the podcast platform, whether it's Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Breaker, the whole nine, go listen to it, like, comment, subscribe, share, helps the channel grow so much. But today, folks, we're going to do an instant reaction video to Sark's uh, day five Texas uh, football practice press conference. But prior to that, folks, let's get into our sponsors. Hey, folks, the first sponsor is BetUS.com. Go to BetUS.com, get 125% sign-up bonus using the code Nino's Corner, or click the link in the description. You get your 125% sign-on bonus. Use that for... Um, you know, betting on, hey, college football season's coming around the corner, um, UFC fights, boxing, soccer, whatever is your sport, basketball, baseball, the whole nine. Go up there, get your 125% sign-up bonus using the code Nino's Corner at BetUS.com and save you some money and make some money too. Um, our next sponsor, folks, is Manscaped. They've been down with me for a long time now. Go to Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code Nino's Corner. Again, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code Nino's Corner at Manscaped.com. However, today you guys are here with me because you want to see my reaction video to Steve Sarkeesian's uh, press conference for Texas football practice day five. With further ado, let's get this thing started. Uh, so day five today, um, which uh, third day in shoulder pads and helmets. Tomorrow we get to put on put on uh, full pads. Regular coach talk um, right now. I've been impressed with the guys. You know, early on, um, adjusting to the heat was a lot. That was intentional, though, uh, to to get in the middle of the day right off the bat. Um, we did that. Let me stop that for a minute. It's hot in Texas, folks. I think my mom, she's in Austin, said they had 37 days straight of 100 degree weather. When teams come here to play in Texas, it's going to be severely hot. Everybody knows that we have had a heat wave across the entire country. I'm in Connecticut, a big heat wave here as well. But just, I mean, I can just imagine just the heat in Texas. That for three days. And then uh, Saturday night, we practiced at night and then came back today and went in the morning. Um, we'll go again tomorrow before, uh, before another off day. So, um, I like the physicality of camp right now. Uh, I think the guys are working extremely hard. Um, you can definitely feel uh, the depth on our team, um, which I think is very positive that we're able to roll a few more guys uh, than we had a year ago. And I think it's really competitive. Uh, I think it not only. Let me pause it for a minute. This is speaking, in my opinion, this is speaking directly to the defensive and the offensive lines and just the depth that we have there. Last year, we barely had numbers to fill out. Uh, a two deep, you know, just on the O line, right? This year, our third string offensive line, the freshman, you know, you know, class of Kelvin Banks and you know, and DJ Campbell and Connor Robinson and Agbo and um, who's our other guy that was on there? Uh, Cam Williams, right? So just those five on the third string, 
those are highly tied recruits that are helping push that second and that first ring as well. Offense versus defense, but I think there's a lot of really good and healthy competition at, at a lot of position groups, um, which is good. And I think it's bringing out the best in, in everybody. So all in all, we're off to a good start. Um, five practices in. Um, we definitely have a ways to go. Um, you know, one of the things I've been trying to harp upon with these guys, it's there's a level of consistency that, that that's how you earn the trust that, that you're capable to go in the game and, and compete at a high level. And we're, we're pushing for that consistency um, across the board, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, whether it's a position group, whether it's individual players, um, that, that that's what we're striving for. That's what we're looking for. Consistency is the name of the game. Look, and not just sports, but in life, it's not about how high you get or how low you get. Man, if you stay consistent, we all know, man, it's like the stock market, right? It's going to go up. It's going to go down. But it's usually taken pretty well at a at a plus five, plus six, plus seven percent gain. Right. And so it's all about consistency, knowing exactly what you have and staying within that consistent realm of good. Right now, we know you're going to peak and be great. Um, we know that you're going to have some lows also and not be not so good. However, if you stay consistent, that's going to be the key for Texas to win more than the previous two seasons win totals that we've had over here. Uh, regardless of the circumstances, whether it's the heat, whether it's the end of practice, um, you know, whether you're going against a frontline starter or maybe a backup, whatever that looks like, uh, that level of consistency and demanding of, of what's acceptable and what's the standard. And, uh, you know, a lot, some guys have responded really well to that. Some guys are still figuring out and that's okay. That's what training camps for is to, uh, tighten the screws and to get ourselves to a place where we feel really good about what we're doing. So, man, that's awesome because what that's doing right now, that's testing guys who have gotten complacent. That's testing guys that when, once this new talent has gotten in and we brought in some great talent this year in, in the 2022 class, you know, for the lines, um, the, uh, the skill position players as well. Once those guys get in, it's going to test the will of those players that we hear from the old regime to see if they've gotten complacent, to see if they've gotten comfortable with just being started. Now things are going to shake up. That's just kind of the first five days in a nutshell. Most of the freshmen kind of lost, you know, especially since they weren't here in the spring. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with lost. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, when you, when you, when you go a four day block to start it, generally by about the fourth day, they kind of run up against it where it's four straight days of installation. Um, it's a different style of practice than they're accustomed to. Um, I don't think any of them really got lost. I think some of them kind of ran into the wall a little bit. I think yesterday's, you know, getting them off their legs uh, yesterday was good for them. And I thought a lot of them responded today. Uh, you know, I got to look at the tape to see how that was, but you know, I think I credit a lot to our coaches in the summer of developing the kind of the fundamentals and then to our veterans who were kind of coaching them when they did their seven on seven and team stuff in the summer to, to get them prepared. Um, you know, and some guys physically can really do it and really do it well. Um, but maybe don't know the call or don't know the signal. So sometimes we got to coach them a little bit more up until the, to the snap of the ball. Um, some guys know what to do, but ran into it physically and weren't able to do it kind of that fourth day. So hopefully today when I watch the tape, it'll look a little cleaner for, for the young players. 
One thing I want to say, he 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 brought in about the summer conditioning workouts, how the staff did a great job with that. Amazing work. But he also brought in those individual workouts from those seven on seven drills that were headed up by the guys like Rojo, you know, and folks of that ilk, to where basically they were getting guys outside of practice and making sure that this is going to be a player-led team. And your best teams, and I say this all the time, your best teams, your best uh teams, not just only in sports, but just in life period, are ones that are that are player driven. They're not leader driven where the leader has to make you do something. It's you're going to do something because you want the health of that organization to be better when you leave than when once once you got there. Right. So that is what guys like Roger are doing, having those seven on seven drills in the summer. And I think that's going to be very fruitful for this team um, to hopefully see exactly what we can put out as a finished product here on Saturdays. Um, and once we get all this stuff installed, man, I think all this stuff's going to start to make more sense. Um, uh, let me think. I don't want to speak out of turn here too quick. The majority of the guys to me that have are playing at a little better level and then not to not answer your question, but to where I see things like a guy like a, a BJ Allen, or a guy like a Jaden Blue who was learning a lot in spring ball, came back now and is a really improved player. You know, their style of play, their physicality, how fast they're playing. I see that for sure. Um, definitely from a, from a younger player perspective, you know, um, I think a few of these young linemen are doing it, um, whether it's Cam Williams, um, Kelvin Banks, um, obviously Cole Hudson who had been doing it, DJ Campbell. Those guys look really comfortable doing it already early on. Message. You heard that? <laughs> he singled out four offensive linemen, folks. And the first person that came out had his mouth was Cam Williams, uh, the big, massive um, guy who who is projected here to be a right tackle. Kelvin Banks, who many believe is probably going to end up taking that starting left tackle job here sometime within the season. Cole Hudson, early enrollee. Um, and also DJ Campbell. So you get the, the two five-star guys, Kelvin Banks, best tackle in the country last year, come out of high school. DJ Campbell, best interior offensive lineman in the country last year, come out of high school. Cam Williams, a freaking monster, mammoth of a big human. And Cole Hudson, another mauler uh, who, who had the opportunity, the only offensive lineman in this class to have the opportunity to come in early. Um, so when a coach calls four freshman offensive linemen out, that's not only setting a fire underneath those guys who are the projected starters, but it's letting them know that, hey, you guys want to see how to get in the field? Go go look at those guys. They know what the hell is going on. And also calling on other players, you know, um, B.J. Allen, early enrollee, Jaden Blue, early enrollee. These are guys that were able to have that spring ball experience and able to translate that and become better players here in the fall. Oh, no, they're not perfect by, by any means, but – they look comfortable. They look the part. They, they definitely look like they belong early on. And that's without a, a spring. Tomorrow for players and for the coaches, evaluation-wise, and, and just playing football and football. Well, it shouldn't be too big of a jump. You know, we practice really hard. Um, we practice really hard in pads. Um, we pride ourselves on our physicality, our toughness, our effort. And that shouldn't change just because we put full pads on. You know, we, we don't want to just start tackling and going to the ground every play. we got to really learn how to practice. So it shouldn't be that much of a jump. What naturally can happen to some guys, though, is 
it's the little bit of the anxiousness of the anxiety. We're in full pads, and, and next thing you know, they start making the mental errors to go along with the physical side of the game. Yeah. And so hopefully I'm just putting on pants. You know, my <laughs> style of play, my pad level, my hand placement, my footwork, my reads, how I cover the guy, how I run the route, that stuff really shouldn't change. But those are things that I'm looking for, of, you know, who can't make transitions as we move ourselves through it from helmets to helmets and shoulder pads to full pads to scrimmages and then ultimately to games. You know, it's that natural progression that we have to be able to do. Um, and I think some players can do that naturally. Other guys that, that don't do it naturally, that's okay. That's my job as a coach to try to help them and to try to build them uh, to let them know that you don't really have to change. You, you've practiced really well. We're just putting pants on now. Now, when we go to live tackling, that's a different that's a different component because now it's about who can get people on the ground, um, who can make people miss, run through arm tackles, who can make contested catches um, when when you know safeties and linebackers are trying to jar the ball loose. But that's not for tomorrow. That that'll we'll work our way towards that later in the week. Hey man, I just gotta say something about Sark. Man, Sark breaks things down so simple um, and so effective, very efficient as well. Uh, that my grandmother could probably listen to this and understand exactly what the hell he's saying, and that's that's a sign of a good leader, folks. Um, is is being able to know your audience and being able to break it down for the average person that is listening in that audience can understand what the hell is going on in that conversation. That's something that's that that Coach Sark does uh, really, really well. We haven't seen this on the Forty Acres probably since Mac Brown. He was really he very good at this as well. But um, yeah, I just want to say that Coach Sark knows what he's doing when he's talking. Uh, he he knows how to talk to the players through the media. He knows how to talk to the parents as well. Um, let's get these wins, Coach. We get these wins is over, man. We get these wins, Coach is over. I think it's been really good. I think one, um, our quarterbacks are playing at a high level. Um, they, they really are being decisive with the ball. They're throwing it accurately. Um, I think you can tell the guys that are very comfortable in the system. The timing is really good. Um, I think you see with the guys that uh, aren't as comfortable that it's a little bit new for them. You see moments where it looks really crisp and really clean and really pristine timing. And you see moments where it's a little bit off, you know, he's, at the route wrong depth or he's at the wrong spot on the field. You know, our passing game is predicated on one, getting where you're supposed to get to versus zone coverage. And then two, when it's man, having the ability to, to get open and then doing that in a timely fashion that that times up with the quarterback. So um, like I said, the, the, the guys that really know the system, it looks really good. The guys that are new to them, it's a, it's a little hit and miss, and I don't mean to say that negatively. When it's when it's great, it's good, and we're trying to reinforce that positivity uh, and then clean up the areas where we can clean it up. Yeah, I think junior one, he's an excellent leader. Um, he's uh, He understands, you know, what it takes. Um, you know, I think he's a guy going into his senior season that, that wants to have a great team season you know he wants it for the team uh and he's willing to do what it takes for the team and so his versatility is important that way because whether it's guard whether it's center um 
you know, what his numbers called that he can, he can go and do those things. And he's a very smart player. He's seen a lot of football. He's played a lot of football. Uh, I think he's really good for our younger guys in a sense of, you know, learning, but also learning how to practice, learning how to compete, doing it when it gets hard. Um, you know, he's got a lot of mental toughness about him. And I think that he's a really positive impact on a lot of our guys. Junior Anglau. I love Junior Anglau. Um, I think this year they had him lined up at right guard, if I'm not mistaken. Um, last year was left guard, but I think this year he's at the right guard now from the first couple practices or what have you. Um, but a guy like that with that kind of versatility, we've seen where Kyle Flood has kind of tinkered with moving you know, him down to center, putting beefier guys around him to make sure that he kind of fortifies that line. I think that's what starts talking about, the versatility, um, with him being able to play any spot within the interior offensive line. So, yeah, like last year, we saw him play left guard. Um, we saw him line up at center in, in practice and be like the backup center last year as well. But this year, it looks like he's lining up here at right guard this year and also taking second and third string, I think third string reps at the center position. But that's something that you can tell Cal Flood is tinkering with because you know he likes bigger bodies just across the line. And Junior Angle, I've been a guy around 6'4", 6'5", 330 or so, and a smart player. You see Sark saying that he's a very smart player, which is what you need somebody to be as a center. They got to be able to know where the coverage is, you know, so know where the blitzes are coming, know where the mismatches are coming, you know, to understand exactly what everybody on that line has to do. And with the versatility of Junior Angela playing those three interior, you know, line positions, he's going to know where to set up whoever's playing guard next to him if he's called upon to play center, he's going to know how to set those guys up to make sure that they have the right coverage, the right um, blocking schemes to protect whoever is being the quarterback here at Texas. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. I, I feel good about where we're at from the health standpoint. Okay. Last year, uh, you described the, the quarterback competition as one of the toughest decisions that you had to make. Just a question right here, a million dollars. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because I, you know, the, both these guys are working their tails off. Uh, both of them are um, really coachable and trying to do what we're asking them to do. Both of them are making some really nice plays, you know, whether it's quick game, whether it's the audibles, whether it's um, intermediate throws, whether it's down the field throws and, um, I think they're both playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and so that part's fun. You know, it, it, what makes it hard is when it's ah, herky-jerky. You know, one day it's good, one day it's not great. This feels really good because it's it's a very positive feel about it. I think they both have a pretty good understanding of what we're doing. And they're not perfect. And I, like I said, it's day five. I don't expect them to be perfect. The installation is still ongoing. But they're being coachable and they're learning from one rep and they're carrying it to the next time they're getting that opportunity. So, uh, I, I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. Coach Milley and I are, are having a great time working with these guys, um, and they're, they're playing at a high level, which that's that's always fun. That you know you're, you don't feel like you're beating your head against the wall um, because you can't get through to them. We're getting through to these guys, and and they're performing. Yes, it's perfect to hear him say that because he said these two guys. So I think everybody understands. You know, no disrespect to Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy is going to be great here on the 40 acres and go check out Steven's video from, you know, freaking fanatic perspectives, amazing channel. Go subscribe there as well, folks. But Steven just did a video about Murphy and just how great he is and what he's going to be here at Texas. And I totally, totally agree with that. 
Um, but he said these two guys. So I think everybody understands this is going to be a QB battle between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. Now, Quinn is the guy who, no kidding, fits the system that Sark wants. Arm talent galore. Uh, one of the best arms that we've seen here in the state of Texas, pretty much in the nation in quite some time. One of the perfect recruits here at the quarterback position, the perfect 1.0 when it came to the consensus, you know, five-star recruit. And then Hudson Card has been here for two years now in this system. So this is his second year in the system. And so he has the upper leg on just the knowledge of the system. So when Steve Sarkeesian is saying that it's a great battle and both guys are are basically thriving, they're going to have ups and downs. And it's kind of herky-jerky maybe last year when he's implementing a new system. But that's because, one, the two quarterbacks that, that were competing last year weren't really fit for his system. Um but two, now this year, even though Hudson Card might not be a perfect fit for the system, he has a year of experience and knows exactly what he needs to do in this system to be successful. Quinn Ewers is a perfect fit for the system. So is it going to be a hard pick? Yes, yeah, it's going to be a very hard pick because it's going over potential versus experience. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly who he picks. I think everybody's anticipating him to pick Quinn, um, but we shall know soon, hopefully in like another week or so. But uh, yeah, it's a great quarterback battle because both are doing really good things. And that's what you want to see from a quarterback room. Have each one make each other better. You know, a guy like, you know, Xavier Worthy, who had such a big freshman year, you know, I'm curious what's his attitude and demeanor been like in year two and with a guy like that, if you ever have to guard against complacency at all? Total opposite. Um, you know, this guy works um, like he's got something to prove every day. Um, you know, we, for example, we track our catapult numbers, you know, from how much yardage a guy runs, high velocity yardage, explosive movements, um, all those, all those things, top end speed. Um, we've got, uh, I think, 18 receivers in camp right now. He was at the top of every one of them. So a guy like him. What's that tell you? Your best, your your best player, arguably your best player on offense, minus Bijan. Your your most dynamic player, one of your top two most dynamic players on offense. Uh, start of his sophomore year, he could easily have a sophomore slump and say, "Hey, I've done what I need to do last year. I almost had a thousand yards. I'm that guy." He could be big headed. No, this guy, like Steve Sarkeesian said, eighteen categories, well, eighteen wide receivers, a bunch of categories that they're tracked on. He's at the top of every one of those lists, which means that he's not only leading um, by his stats from last year, but he's leading by example. When your best players are out there giving it, they're all giving it 100%. Who can, t- who, 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 can, who can complain in that locker room? What wide receiver can come in there and complain in that locker room when your head honcho is over there giving it 100%? So teams become great teams. Good teams become great teams when they are player-driven, leader-driven by the players. And that's what we're seeing here with a guy like Xavier Worthy, knowing that he had a successful season last year, um, freshman All-American, now preseason All-American list, um, you know, wide receiver of the year, watch list, the whole nine, Big 12 preseason first team. He's getting all the praise right now, and he's still working like he has something to prove. And that's when you know you got your stud on your team. Him could come in and think, oh, I can just get myself ready to go play. He came to work from day one, and he's been working at a high level. He's playing really well. Um, and I think that he and Jordan Whittington 
really set the tone in that receiver room for, for what it takes uh, from a work ethic standpoint, and not only physically, but mentally. They both sit in the front row. They both take notes every installation. And for them, this installation is, what, the sixth time around. You know, I mean, they've got a really good understanding of our offense, and, you know, we're still in day five install, which is kind of foundation training. They're still in the front taking notes. They still ask questions, and, again, I think they set the tone for – what it should look like for the rest of the guys. You guys finished five and seven last year. Um, Thank, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you're a first place coach and a coach's poll today. Um, Which one of you guys did it? Darn it. It wasn't me. I mean, what's your reaction to that? I, I, you know, I say this all the time. I, I never really understand preseason polls. I don't, I don't quite get them. And I know you guys do your media picks for the Big 12, and we do it for, you know, for the coaches poll and then the AP poll. I, 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 never, I, don't, I never quite understand it because you are the way you play. You are the record that you end up with. And um, we got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're picked to finish fourth in the in the Big Twelve, so that should motivate us to, to get our asses moving and practice really well. I'm a coach, and I don't think rankings should come out until after week four. That's a good question. You know, I, I felt a little of that in spring ball. I felt a little of a guy who didn't play the 12 to 14 games he would normally play your senior year of high school. Uh, just from a physicality standpoint, from a, from a perseverance kind of mentality, you know, he's a guy who carried the ball a bunch his junior year and was tough minded and ran hard. And he was kind of feeling his way through spring ball. But that's why I said, coming back to training camp, probably one of the most improved players we have. Um, this guy is running hard. He's running physical. He's blocking physical. He's pushing through some of the bumps and bruises that, that you get in training camp. And nobody, nobody feels good day five. You know, you got to persevere. you got to push through. And I've been really proud of him. Um, just kind of where he was January to May to now where he is come August and, and physically, but also mentally. Jaden Blue, I'm telling y'all folks, man, you got to understand what Texas got with Jaden Blue. Last year, he set out a senior year. If he had problems with the team, whatever, it doesn't matter. He didn't play last year, whatever. Who cares? Before he set out his senior year, folks, this was the number one running back in the country. And he set out a year, and they plummeted his rankings, which I thought was freaking ludicrous. Texas got the number one – they got the number one running back in the country last year. Um, this kid's going to be a stud, man. Down there at Klein Kane, I mean, this this, this kid was – he was a beast. I mean, great versatility, great balance. His balance was one of the most impressive things I saw on this tape. Um, great speed. I mean, he's just an all-around great player. Ran great routes, too. I mean, if he was an athlete, he'd be a hell of a wide receiver as well. That's how good of an athlete he is. But the perfect size for running back, the number one running back in the country last year prior to him deciding to sit out. Um, so hearing that, yes, from the physicality standpoint, he didn't get a chance to play those 14 games, you know, going into district play in the playoffs. Um, and he had to basically uh, absorb all that in the spring game and the spring practices and get all that punishment he would have gotten in that previous year. Uh, but but to now understand that he's been one of the most improved players since the spring is going to be awesome. 
that Texas running back room is freaking stacked right now to have a Bijan and a Rojan and a Keylon and um, now a Jonathan Brooks who was the best running back in the state of Texas uh, the previous year. It was in the previous year. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the best running back in the state of Texas the previous year. And then getting Jaden Blue, the best running back coming out this year for the, for the 2022 cycle. Um, and then next year having a Trey Wisner and hopefully somebody else uh, here pretty soon. But to see how stacked that that running back room is, especially with the addition of a guy like Jaden Blue, speaks wonders to just how well they were able to recruit those skill position players. Yeah, they really can. Um, the one thing I like about them, it's a very versatile group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bijan, obviously, extremely well-rounded player. You know, speed, power, inside, outside, route running. Um, Roshan, uh, one thing I'd touch on him. We all know about the leadership, the toughness, mental and physical toughness, the, the football IQ. I mean, he, he he feels faster to me in this training camp, which is which is really cool. He looks it. Keelan, obviously – very elusive speed perimeter player. He worked on his game. You know, he's running more physical, with more power, more intent. Um, I think Jonathan Brooks, you know, having gotten injured at the end of last season, came coming back this spring, looks like a, a really solid player. And, and then we talked about blue. So um, the, the cool part is we got a very versatile room, a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. You know, I think that's, yeah, one, one, it's challenging, but those are good problems to have when you've got people that can do things and they're not one-dimensional players that you can – you've got moving parts and you can move different people to, to different things and uh, hopefully reduce some tendencies that way um, and, and, and force, you know, the defense to, to think. You know, like I said, you know, I've said this a long time ago, and, I'm, you know, I believe this, that the more things we can do really well, the harder we are to defend. And when you have versatile players that can – take away tendencies that makes things appear different to the defense, but to us, they're the same over and over and over. And um, we have a room that's, uh, that's allowing us to do that. What's so great about that room, man, I want to see some 21 personnel. <laughs> I do. I want to see some 21 personnel, two running backs and a tight end and two wide receivers. I want to see Bijan and Roja. Yeah. Bijan and Rojo in the backfield or Bijan and Keelan in the backfield. If Keelan can catch, he, he had a problem with the drops this last year, but Bijan and Rojo in the backfield, um, JT Sanders at the tight end, uh, Nayer and Xavier Worthy at the wide receivers. Oh my. You're talking about talent on the field at the skill position players. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got enough talent in, in that running back room that we can definitely run some 21 personnel or some 20 personnel as well. Um, you know, and possibly, you know, like put off Sanders off the field and, and bring in Jay Witt. But it's going to be interesting to see how to feed all these running backs because they are that talented and they all deserve carries. And we got two that are going to be gone next year that are definitely going to be on, on NFL teams. And if we can put that in the league and then have, you know, two other guys step up in the Jonathan Brooks next year and a Jaden Blue, I mean, it's just going to work wonders for this team. Guys are running, catching the ball on the run. Yes, right, and that's when your offenses have really exploded. Is that is that can't is all the quarterback? Is it the receiver? Is it just everybody being in concert together? What's the key to development? I think it's in concert together. You know, I think one is you have to recognize coverage, Um, and and we 
we really push and strive our guy, you know, to get them to try to understand football. You know, is it man coverage? Is it zone coverage? Is it too deep coverage? Is it, um, you know, are they doubling a certain mm-hmm. receiver? And then that should tell you how to run the route. And then that should also tell the quarterback where the ball should go at what spot and when. And, you know, I do believe in guys catching and running with the football. I, I don't like, you know, not that I don't do it, but I don't love throwing the ball to stationary targets yeah. because when you're stationary, you're a lot easier to tackle. Uh, I believe when you're moving, I would just say Cedric was trying to tackle me and I was running, it'd be a lot harder to tackle me than if I was just sitting in one spot. So we don't stop throwing crossing routes and things, even though we get zone coverage, but there is a way to run them based off of that zone coverage or man coverage. And so if you can't recognize that as a player, then it's hard for you to play in this system. You, you have to have an understanding of those two things. And then when the quarterback and the receivers are all on the same page, that's when um, it looks very fluid. Um, it looks in unison and the offensive line and the runners and the receivers and everybody involved, uh, it feels good. And I think we're working towards that. There's moments when it feels that way out there. There's other moments we got a lot of coaching to do and we got a lot of learning to do, but that's okay. You know, it's day five. As long as we keep making strides, you know, I'll be, I'll still sit down here with you guys and be Peter positive. (laughs) I tell you, man, like I said before, he breaks it down. So simple. Um, and and it's it's just refreshing to hear you know Coach Sar talk. I mean he breaks it down so simple. So I mean if you're a player listening to this, I'm telling you guys once these wins start to come, it's going to be a it's going to be a sight to see because he's a guy that gets it. I mean he he gets it and he understands it, and he's had opportunity in a place where he has the resources here, and and he has the talent that can be able to come in here and do great things as well. Like I said, we've seen what he's done in his previous stops. I mean to bring a team like Washington from from 0 and 12 to to nine and four. Once he left, I mean, that's a huge difference, right? I mean, that's, you know, like a five-year span. They go from zero wins to nine wins. And so I hate when people say nine wins, Sark. No, look at the team he had. He had Washington, not a recruiting hotbed, um, not a team that got the best recruits. Yada, yada, right? Now he's in Texas, and he's able to get those guys. I'm telling you, we're going to see a turn here. It's going to be real good this coming up here. Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of names here. You know, there's different guys that have had different things to work on for their game. Um, Coburn, um, I feel him rushing the passer, which was something we wanted him to do. You know, I, I didn't want him to be a one-dimensional player. He's got to be able to have the ability to rush the passer. Uh, two guys that have just jumped out at me so far in five days have been Byron Murphy and Vernon Broughton. Uh, Byron Murphy, we keep telling you guys, a dog. He's a dog, man, and that's what we need in this defense. This dude was a true freshman last year and is playing some of the best ball on that defensive line, which is a good thing that he's playing so good as a freshman. Also a bad thing that some of these other seniors and juniors weren't able to meet that level of, of expectation that we would love to see from a defensive lineman that we saw from that freshman last year. But Byron Murphy's a dog, folks, and it's good to see that him getting that shine now, uh, just a little shy of six foot one, but I'm talking about a fire plug, about 290 to 295. This kid is amazing. And great to hear about Vernon Broughton. Vernon Broughton was one of those guys, athletic body, athletic build, big kid, 6'4", 6'5", range, what is he, 315 or so, somewhere around there, maybe 305. 
I mean, he's a big kid um, and just didn't get it all together in those first two years. But it seems like the wheels are turning. They're start, the lights are starting to turn on. He's part of that class with, with uh, Alfred Collins. And it's very excited to see those two probably pair together in the middle one day. But if Byron Murphy, not Byron Murphy, if Vernon Broughton is, is, is taking that step forward and the light's coming on, then great. We need guys like that with that size, that strength, to be able to flip that switch on and keep it on all night. They are exploding off the football. They're playing hard. They're playing with great effort. They're getting around the ball. Um, that's been positive. Guys that have flashed that I would love to see a little more consistency, and I, I talked to them about this. Sweat, definitely one of those guys. Alfred, another one of those guys. You know, you Alfred Collins and Sweat, Tavondre Sweat. Alfred Collins, man, has all the physical abilities and the tools to be a day one pick in the NFL draft if he flicks the light switch on. And last year I had an interview with Tim Crowder. We all know lifetime Longhorn Tim Crowder, um, you know, uh, defensive end, played for the Broncos and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, national champion here at Texas, pretty good friend of mine as well. Um, Tim, I asked him straight up on the interview. I said, Tim, defensive lineman at Texas, who you think can do some great things here. And he even said, he said, Alfred Collins is that guy if he flips the light switch on. And if he flips that light switch on and keeps it on, a lot of people are going to be in trouble. Alpha Collins is a five-star guy. And I understand that he might not be the prototypical fit for a PK scheme. Um, but this is the opportunity. Five-star guys produce wherever they're put, folks. You know, you're, you're that talented and that raw, but you got to have that mentality. Uh, you got to have that dog mentality. And if he, if, if he has that dog mentality, it's lights out for everybody. That's how talented this guy is, folks. He is first-round draft material if he can turn the light switch on. We got to get that consistency. Sweat is also somebody who has draft material written all over him with a size. And we've seen plays where he's blown up a guard. He's blown up a center. He's done great things. And then we've seen plays where he looked non-existent out there. And it's not getting on Sweat. It's just getting on the consistency Remember how we talked about it earlier in this video? If we can get to a consistent level, it's like the stock market, right? Consistently is going up 5 to 7% around that range. Of course, there's going to be some highs, there's going to be some lows. But if you can give me a consistent above average play, or for a guy like, like those two guys to give you great play 24-7, if you can get a consistent great play from these guys, 100% motor 24-7, that's going to do wonders for this defensive line it's going to do wonders for those linebackers it's going to do wonders for Jalen Ford and you know and Tucker Dorsey and Overshawn um, it's going to do so much for those guys if those two can pick up that level of consistency and then you couple that with a Coburn and a, um, a Byron Murphy and now a Vernon Broughton along that defensive line and we can continuously rotate these guys in and out keep that line fresh and if all those guys had 100% motor, we can do some really good things from this defensive line next year. See it in them. And, and there's, there's flashes, whether it's a three-play spurt or two-play spurt, a certain team period. Now we need to get that consistency out, and that's what's going to take them to that next level. Exactly, and exactly. Moro kind of working himself back into it now. Um, Moro Ojimo. That's another guy. I, 
we have a deep defensive line room. If these guys just flip the switch on, it's going to be good. I like more Ojima. He had a really good year last year, and they played him all over the place. So he never had that home. They played him a little bit everywhere on, on the line. Once we get the consistency, get these guys to be able to stop the run, you know, like just a little bit better, go 100%, we're going to have a pretty deep defensive line if these guys can play consistent level of good ball, like the coach is saying here, consistency. Keep the light bulb on. Keep the light switch on for the light bulb and keep that light bulb bright. It's getting him back to that level of player that we know he's capable of being. So th- those are kind of your frontline guys. The the younger players, you see flashes like Dre Bledsoe. What a pass rusher. Yes, he you know, is. we got to make him a complete player. Yeah. Um, Zach Swanson, great toughness. Um, Chris Ross, really good quickness. Aaron Bryant, good job of holding the point of attack. But we need the complete player out of all those guys. So everybody's got stuff to work on. Um, but they're definitely impactful at practice. You know, you feel those guys. Oh, yeah. sorry, corner, corner, uh, competition there. And, you know, adding guys like Ryan Watts and Terrence Brooks. Yeah. Was a link of point of emphasis looking at adding guys either through high school or through high For sure. You know, I mean, I, I just believe in six-footer taller corners. You know, I just think that you have length. Um at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage to play tighter coverage. You have length uh, when the ball's in the air with the ability to, to knock balls down. High point. You have size nowadays. Be physical. Perimeter screen stuff. With yep. The ball getting spit to the perimeter to be physical at the point of attack. And so when you look at recruiting for us from a Ryan Watts, a Terrace Brooks, a Xavion Bryce, a Jalen Gilbo, all pretty physical type players, you know, Austin Jordan, all pretty physical type players, but they also give us versatility. They can slide in and play star. They may even be able to go play safety, safety yeah. play some more man coverage. So, again, we're looking for a phys- uh, uh, versatile room back there that can play man coverage but also can be physical and have length. Physicality. We talk every year, but you're the only level or an only sport where you don't get to play against somebody else before it counts. When you put on the tape, is there a side of the ball that you get a better gauge of what you've got than the other based on playing against each other? Um, I don't think so. You know, by the time, you know, we'll scrimmage, you know, this Saturday, we'll scrimmage next Saturday. Um, we'll do enough things on both sides of the ball that it won't feel so I've seen that play 10 times in practice and mm-hmm. then guys start playing plays because you have to have the ability to react in game. You know, I don't, I don't get to call the other team's head coach and them send me over their call sheet of what they're <laughs> going to do, and then we practice it all week. We try. We try to game plan. We try to get ready for it. Uh, but ultimately, as players, you have to have the ability to react and still play fast and still play physical. And so our job as coaches is to make sure that we put our players in those positions to do that in scrimmage. Um, you know, I think we'd all love to have a scrimmage or a preseason game to do that. Um, we're, we don't have that luxury, so we've got to create that atmosphere uh, for ourselves in our scrimmage settings. Cool, folks. Good breakdown. Um, a quick reaction video to Steve Sarkeesian's uh, Texas football practice day five press conference. The one last comment I want to make is he made a comment about um, his uh, his cornerbacks big and physical cornerbacks. He doesn't like them less than six foot tall. And he likes them to, you know, like to be able to play closer to the line of scrimmage, get physical with the wide receiver, get them off of their route um, so that we can get those edge rushers an opportunity to have a little bit, maybe an extra second to rush the quarterback. 
If that happens, we can get more than two and a half sacks for one person in one year. Um, but folks, great press conference by Steve Sarkeesian. I, I love to listen to Steve Sarkeesian just for the simple fact that he makes things so simple, so simple that you can understand it. And I just I just like the way he talks when he's at his press conference. We're going to turn this thing into wins, folks. I think anybody can see that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, folks. Let's chill. Let's relax. Let's enjoy it. Because um, when it does get better, the true fans that have been here since day one, we're going to say we've been there since day one watching this team do their thing. So on that note, folks, we're going to end this podcast like we end all our podcasts. Man, do you. Don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Nino's Corner. We're out. Hook them. Horns up all day long.